0: Alright, good evening everybody. Welcome to yet another edition of Jordan and Chris and Pray for You. We sure hope your week is going well. I want to talk to you tonight about overcoming divorce. This is part of the overcoming darkness series that we've been doing for a while. And it kind of actually is going to build off of what we talked about Monday. Monday's message was, you are not damaged goods. And we went through a bunch of different things that, you know, can happen in your background that I think a lot of times causes people to think that they're damaged goods that they can never really get in with God. Or if they do, they can't get that close. Or if they, you know, even if, if they go to church and do all the right things, that they're always going to be like second class citizens. And I mentioned divorce, but I, I feel like it needs its own episode because it's very prevalent in today's society. And so let me just start by saying that if you've gone through a divorce, you are not damaged goods and, and, God does not want you to feel like you're a second class citizen, and God wants you to bring wants to bring you into His fullness. I remember actually when Chris and I started dating, that one of the things when we were praying, I said, "God, I'd rather you know be the lowest of the low in Your kingdom. I'd rather be the guy that has to scrub the tiles of your bathrooms with a toothbrush than be you know the king of, of the enemy's kingdom." And that's true, right? But I think God doesn't call any of us to be the lowest of the low in his kingdom. None of us are just supposed to just kind of skate into heaven. And one of the things the enemy wants us to do is he wants to label us and he wants to to always kind of keep us from fulfilling what God wants to do in our lives, which principally is to get close to us and love us and to elevate us, all right? And divorce is a major way in which he does that. And it's especially effective because so many people in the church will use divorce to come down on people, for lack of better words. Now, listen, I come from a bit of a unique perspective here because in addition to doing the show, I'm also an attorney, and I'm principally a divorce attorney, okay? And that is something I struggled with for a long time because I said, well, God hates divorce. And here's the truth of it. Yes, God hates divorce, and God especially hates a lot of the things that lead up to the divorce, but sometimes they are necessary. When I started doing divorces really in earnest a few years ago, I remember a friend of mine was in a marriage that she she never should have been in, in the first place. And this guy was badly abusive. And I mean violently abusive. He would do things like choke her um, and beat her. And one point during the marriage, he beat her so badly that she was left in a pool of her own blood. And it was just horrible. And she stayed with the guy because they were Catholic or she was Catholic. And, you know, Catholics don't get divorced. And eventually he he did it again. And I had to not only do the restraining order aspect of it to get this guy away from her, but also the divorce. And I have to tell you, uh it, it's very easy to take a black and white position and say divorce is always wrong, right? But when I was doing that, I was certain I was doing God's work because what I did there was no different than rescue someone from a burning building, okay? That that guy was going to kill her and and if not kill her, she was going to just live a life of of misery and pain and that was not – what God's design was. And so I, I remember doing that one. And sometimes I'm on the side of the spouse who I think is responsible for the divorce. And sometimes I'm on the side of the spouse who isn't. I've never been, I've never taken a divorce on the side of someone who I thought was abusive. I'll tell you that. Um, but you know, not all of my clients are the quote unquote, uh, victim in the divorce. And most divorces don't involve domestic violence. A lot of it is, is, I've seen people get divorced for adultery. I've seen people get divorced just because they're just, both of them have severe anger management problems. I've, I've seen it for just because people are lazy or they just give up or whatever. I've seen, there's a whole wide spectrum, but you know, the, the point is simply this. I'm not here to countenance divorce. I'm not here to tell you that divorce is a good thing. It is sometimes necessary. If you're in a marriage right now and you don't want to get divorced, I would suggest watching our relationship series. That's what I put it out there for. I'd rather you not get divorced, assuming that you know your life isn't in danger or something like that. If you're just going through the whole domestic contraps, as they say, uh domestic discord, that sort of thing, go watch the relationship series. Put in the time and the effort to build up your relationship, okay? And and get yourself saved and really invite the Holy Spirit into your marriage. But what I'm saying is this: if you've already gotten divorced, Okay, or if you're in a position where it's really just kind of inevitable, God does not want to hold that over your head. Okay, this idea that you have to have, you know, this stamp on your forehead the rest of your life, that you can't ever be anything of importance in the church, or God can't ever use you, or God doesn't want to bless you is absolute nonsense. Now listen, I'm not going to get into the whole theology of this, and I will tell you if you read the Bible You really have to educate yourself on what was happening in the various time periods to understand what the Bible is saying about marriage and divorce at different stages. But here's what I will tell you, okay? I absolutely believe that the Bible is the word of God and it's God's method of communicating with with us here on earth. But I don't think it's his only method because it's not his only handiwork. God created the world and all that dwell within it, right? And so just as when it comes to science, I'm allowed to look at the natural world and see what God's done there and draw conclusions based on that because that's a form of God's language, so can I look at what he's done with other people who have been divorced and yet have still done amazing things for the kingdom. Joyce Myers is one of my favorite preachers, okay, and she was divorced early on. God doesn't hold it over her head. He's blessed her fabulously, and she's brought hundreds of thousands of people to Christ, probably. Okay. Uh, Charles Stanley was recently divorced. Another, not recently, within the last 10 or 15 years or so. Another great titan of the kingdom. All right. God doesn't hold that against him. All right. Uh, Joel Osteen's father who built up Joel Osteen's church before Joel took it over when he, when he passed away. Another person who had been divorced. Look, God knows that we're not perfect people. Here's the thing. In all of those instances, all right, when, when the marriage failed, God said, all right, let me take over now. All right. It's not, it's not you failed at something and therefore, you know, go to the back of the line. It's you failed at something. Now let my grace come into your life. All right. The last thing God wants to do is place a ball and chain on you that prevents you from moving forward. So if you've been through a divorce, here's what I'm here to tell you. Okay. Number one, God absolutely loves you. In fact, it might interest you to know that the first person who Jesus revealed himself to as the Messiah in the Bible was actually the woman who had five husbands. It was actually the woman at the well. And, and he's the one that he says to her, you know, if you drink this water, you're going to thirst again. But if you drink for the water I have for you, You'll never thirst again. And he I think he does that very deliberately. So he can say, look, if this person here who's had five husbands, okay, and, and is just the lo- relegated to like the lowest class in her society because of that, if Jesus goes to her first, what does that say about the rest of us? It says there's nothing that we've done, including divorce, that can separate us from God's love for us, all right? So here's what I will tell you, okay? Number one, if you've gone through that, God wants you to get past that. He still loves you. He loves you more than you can even imagine. In fact, one of the things that's amazing to me is Kristen and I have developed our relationship and I, I love her more and more every single day with all my heart. And, and that gets bigger every day is to know that, yeah, but as much as I love her, God loves us way more than that. And that's, that's just it, almost an impossible thought. And that's true for you too, regardless of whether or not you've been, you've been divorced. And number two, okay, not only does God want you to come into the fullness of a relationship with him. And he wants to elevate you. He wants to use you. He wants to love you. He wants to provide for you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to do all those things that you and your spouse are supposed to do, do for each other. Listen, God wants that for you. But there's also a time where, where God will say, listen, I want you to get remarried too. And, and that's a whole, again, I'm not going to get into the whole theology of it, but just because you failed at marriage once doesn't mean that God will necessarily prevent you from getting married a second time. In fact, You know, whether you were at fault in the first marriage, or you weren't at fault, or both sides were at fault, God doesn't really dwell on fault a whole lot, okay? What he dwells on is his plan for you, and he forgave you before you ever sinned. He knew about the divorce before you ever did. He forgave you for it, and he wants you to move past it, and oftentimes it is with remarriage. And sometimes it's not, but the trick, not the trick, but what you have to do is you simply have to go to God, open yourself up to him. And let him speak to you. Let him talk to your heart. And if he's put that on your heart to be remarried, okay, then don't let the enemy guilt you out of it, all right? Don't let the legalists guilt you out of it. The only person you answer to in this world is God, and that is it. And if he's, and if he has said to you, I have put this behind you, I have separated this from you as far as the east is from the west, you are a new creation, Okay. And he wants you to get remarried. Then you don't have to answer to anybody other than that. That's, that's really the theme of all of this. All right. And whether we're talking about divorce or we've talked about people who, uh, you know, have done other things that maybe they're not proud of. We spoke earlier on Monday about, you know, maybe you had a criminal record. Maybe you, you people engage in prostitution you're, or maybe you just were sexually promiscuous or maybe you just, cheated or lied or stole. Guys, we've all done, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But what does the Bible tell us? It says, and this is my favorite verse, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come, okay? And so all I'm here to tell you is that person, that past, your past was crucified on the cross. It is, it is dead. We serve a God of resurrection. So don't let the dead thing infect the living thing. God's blood, the blood of Christ, purifies you. It's not an imperfect work. It's a perfect work purifying you of all iniquity, of all of all sins, of all mistakes, of all failures in your lives. So you don't have to hang that thing around your neck and feel like a second-class citizen. Instead, you should feel like you are God's favorite son. You are God's favorite daughter. He wants nothing more than just like the prodigal son, than to, to embrace you when you come back and to elevate you and to love you and to forgive you and to forget about your past. That's my message for you today.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I love your perspective. That is a unique perspective. And I love what you said. So many wonderful things about don't let the dead thing infect the living thing inside of you. That was a good retweetable quote. Mm-hmm. Um, very awesome. I, I, this is a, a topic that's passionate, that we're both passionate about for different reasons. And, um, I really feel like there's two sides to this coin and two, uh, kind of perspectives with this. Um, I have someone very close to me that has gone through a divorce, but she didn't want it to happen. The person right. just left and abandoned. And so really had, she really had to get past the feeling of shame of that because it wasn't anything that she ever wanted. And so that's a great message for people, you know, at that point, sometimes if the person leaves, you can't help that, you know, or uh, in a, in a, situation when you are fearing for your life or, you know, there's so many different reasons. But I will say, so that's such a great message. I will say the other side of the coin, depending on your perspective, where you come from, there is a danger. I'm seeing it in churches, kind of like we talked about before about come as you are, but don't stay as you are. So we're very, you know, accepting, but then we end up saying, oh, well, it's okay. Just stay. And as a body of Christ, we need to be loving. I see it. Uh, and obviously it's a case-to-case basis and we're um, – I don't feel like I'm qualified to, uh, you know, in separate situations, diagnose whether a marriage should stay together or apart. You know, God god can – is the judge of that. But I will say I'm seeing this trend where it's now becoming a divorce Christian culture where, mm-hmm. oh, uh, you know, your husband puts the the toothbrush back the wrong way and it really annoys you. You know what? Let's just get divorced. God understands. Or, oh, um, you know, somebody said, you know, got uh, a little tense. Oh, let's just get. And, and it's become this, God understands. And it's become this culture where people don't like our parents' generation. People wanted to work it out and, and stay together. Like the divorce should be the last result. It should not be the, okay, well, let's see, you know, what we can do here. So. I, I will say that also, and I will say for anybody feeling like, depending on your age bracket, the perspective that Jordan and I have, if you're a person who is thinking about getting married to someone, but you have in the back of your mind, well, if this doesn't work out, you know what? I can just kind of find someone else. That is not a good <laughs> place to be, okay? Marriage no, should Divorce, be for divorce <laughs> is
0: never without, let, let's be clear about something. Yes. Number one, forgetting even the Christian aspect of it. Divorce is never without cost. And even in the example I gave you of the, the friend of mine who was being, you know, badly abused and all of right. that. I mean, divorce is still a horrible thing to go through. And, and for anyone to tell you otherwise is, I mean, they're just lying to you. And I, I want to be very clear that if you're married right now, if you're being physically abused, that's one thing. Put that aside. Okay. Um, you, that's different. But if you're just, if you're just in a position where you guys aren't getting along for whatever, all right, that's not, I don't think, justification for a divorce. That's that means you have to you have some work to do. But what my message is really about today is not to countenance divorce one way or the other. I'm talking about people that's like right. the person who you, you mentioned, um, who have already gone through it. That's right. And which the enemy is just trying to label you as as damaged goods, or or whatever, because he his ultimate goal is to prevent you from achieving the goals that God has for you. And sometimes he can't get at your salvation because you're already saved, but he can still hold you down. That's right. from achieving the fullness. That's right from from getting you know. It, um, what's the best way? From allowing God to really elevate you into a life of, of prosperity, into a life of love and joy and peace, and into a life of health, into a life where God can use you to spread His glory to other people. Believe me, it, it does not advance God's kingdom at all for you to go through life feeling like you have to wear a scarlet letter on your chest That's right. and, and to feel like, you know, God can never be useful to you and you have to be miserable the whole time. Believe me, that is, that is the enemy's plan, not God's plan.
1: That's right. And whether we're talking to people like you said, what you were mentioning in your message, people like the person who's close to me, having gone through a divorce, God wants to use you, no scarlet letter. Right. Or are we talking to people who have been married a little while or many, many years and have come to a crossroads? This is not the time. Don't quit. Don't give up. Look to God and right. and restore that. Or we're talking to people who are single. Where is my partner? Whatever you can do it. I'm 31. Jordan's 41. We have both never been married. We both have you know definitely uh, followed God's plan. So that's that's also um, you know in all aspects we got something for everybody here. <laughs> well,
0: not just that, but and and you know we're taking the side of, of right now people who are almost victims of the divorce, like right. they did nothing wrong. But the message is, listen, even if you were the awful person absolutely. in the divorce.
1: absolutely, absolutely. Even
0: if you were the, and listen, I don't have any love for abusive husbands or anything like that, and I've seen abusive wives too, but even if you were at fault, there is no sin that God's arm That's cannot right. pull you from. That's right. Uh, as, as long as your repentance is genuine, and not just that, it's not like even God is withholding, like God wants to forgive you. God wants to show you his grace. Which is a weird thing for us to understand because as humans, we think of when we want something from someone else, there's a cost of that person giving it to us. But with God, it's totally different. God is saying, when will you come to me? When will you let me forgive you? When will you let me cleanse you of this so yes. that we can move on with your life and I can really show you uh, what my love is for you? That's Amen. really the idea. Amen. Isn't he great? Oh,
1: thank you. Guy. Love him. Oh.
0: <laughs> and but- by the way, for those of you thinking about getting married, make sure you marry your best friend.
1: Oh, yes. That's the only way to go. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to do a a prayer tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, there's so many things in the Bible. I just love, call me, you know, I've always been, I like to say, a hopeful romantic, not a hopeless romantic, (laughs) a hopeful romantic. So I love, I love in the Bible, Lord, that you have the greatest romance of all time is your love for us, what you did. You died on the cross for us. And we are the bride of Christ. And at the second coming, when you come to the earth again, we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's going to be the best wedding reception Mm -hmm. ever. (laughs) And we're going to be with you for all eternity. But we are with you right now, Lord. And what's so cool is if any person has felt in any way, whether that's through divorce or through childhood with parents or whatever, or in a peer group Any person that's ever felt abandoned or just a terrible self concept, feeling like they caused something which could even feel even worse sometimes. God, you draw us in. We are married to you. You will never divorce us. You will never abandon us, God. And you care in your word. You care for the widow. You care for the, you have such a tender heart for, for your children, God. We are your children. We are your, your beloved, Lord. You provide for us. You are our father, but you're also the lover of our souls, Lord. And as a bridegroom, it says in the Bible, as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so I rejoice over you. That's a pretty beautiful picture that you are dancing over us. You're rejoicing over us. You delight in us. You crown our head with favor and jewels and riches and honor, God. And you delight over us. You are so excited. Every morning when we wake up, you're so excited that we're we're able to come into the fellowship with you, God. Even as we sleep at night, you cradle us in your arms. And all throughout the day, you just want that intimacy with us, Lord. You are the true lover of our souls. If we look at... A, a book of the Bible, like Song of, of Solomon, and we see how it's the element not only between a man and a woman, but you right. and us, Lord, that just blows your mind because all the symbolism, everything has a double, triple meaning. And it's just amazing how deep your love is for us and how how much your heart beats so fast for us, Lord, for how how reckless your love is for us, how how beautiful. Your love is for us. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every person who feels like they've gone through something that is just a not the non forgivable sin, or just gone doesn't know how to make a fresh start, or doesn't know how to get past the feeling of shame, or or just doesn't know uh, feels like they've just hit a, a dead end. Every I pray for every couple, Lord. I pray for every woman who who feels like their husband has either um, just cheated on them or, or just not come into a full relationship with you or every husband who feels like their wife has done that or every, maybe, you know, you see a lot of times couples where one person comes to the Lord after the marriage and then it's, it's, it's a difficult, slippery slope moving forward. God You are the God of restoration. I pray right now that you begin to restore marriages. We see that on our show all the time. We see Mm -hmm. these praise reports. Restore marriages. And for marriages in the future, God, I pray. I pray for these marriages. I pray for young women and young men and uh, men and women of all ages getting married, that they would not be so concerned. Yes, a wedding is a beautiful thing, but that the marriage, the life would be what is really honed in on the life, the day-to-day, God, with you, walking with you, a beautiful marriage based on you, God, as you, the foundation. I pray for every person who's been abandoned or abused or in every way, God. Yep. You have been abandoned and abused, and you wrap us in your arms. Show us who you are, God. Become real to us in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: You know, it's amazing you hit you use the word abandoned because I really feel like that when— we go through something in life. We make mistakes. The enemy wants to convince us that God has abandoned us. Yeah. That's really what it's like about. Like
1: David, in the Psalms, you see that all the time. Right.
0: And, and that's really just something you have to get past because God does not abandon us. see his word is clear. He says he will not leave us or forsake us. That's okay. Right. So just turn your face to God. Let me see a question. Did you get what I was saying? Did it make sense when I was talking about how, yes, God communicates through us in the Bible, but he also communicates through us through, first of all, just you know, if you're talking about the sciences through nature, how you can study nature and see the handiwork of God, and also just looking at people who we know are spirit-filled, like Charles Stanley and Joyce Myers and people like that, and seeing what God has done with them. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. I feel like God, We well, we know the Bible is the inspired word of God. It's the written word, but the rea word, so to speak, in Hebrew. But we also know that there are other ways, like through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not do... Th- have to be regulated to a box. What's cool about the Holy Spirit is I, I, you and I were never born to be in a box and neither were any of our li- listeners. Yeah. So what I love about the Holy Spirit, it's so fluid and the Holy Spirit will speak to people in different ways. Um, and that could be a whole nother sermon. That's a good sermon actually mm-hmm. of how, how to test the spirit, you know, because sometimes people think, oh, well, this person said something to me. Is that God speaking or is that, you know, a well-meaning person just, but absolutely through science, through nature, through God is everywhere. And he's omnipresent, omniscient, and he uses everything, and he uses the example of life. We're not
0: like New Age or anything like that. I'm not saying go worship the trees. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying that, you know, yes, the Bible is the word of God, but we're also allowed to look at the works of God, too, and and discern information from that. That's all. Okay. Why don't we kick off with our prayers, love? Yeah,
1: and I always tell you, the Holy Spirit speaks through you to me.
0: That's wonderful. That's true. That's true. All right. Do you have our list?
1: Yes, I do. I do. All righty. So.
0: Oh, so this is recorded, but check this out. For the people who left us prayer requests on Monday night's episode, okay, we're going to do those tonight. If you leave us prayer requests on tonight's episode, we'll do those on Friday, okay? Perfect. Okay. I like
1: responding to you. <laughs> okay. Well, May says, pray for my family. Clayton says, pray. Jean has a, a child that has been diagnosed with bipolar um, tendencies, and Shifra who I believe before we were engaged, she left us a message saying, when are you going to get
0: engaged? (laughs) I
1: love it. I appreciate this. Yeah, she
0: she likes all those messages. uh,
1: Pray for baby Judah and his mother and pray for baby Isaiah and his mother. Great biblical names. All right, Lord, well, we pray for May and Clayton. Lord, you know what they're going through. God, you understand. I pray for any, I feel this like, this suffering, the spirit of, of suffering that God wants to lift from people tonight and he wants to deliver them from. So I pray that for May and Clayton. And if you are going through some suffering, God wants to lift that spirit of suffering right now. See the Holy Spirit that there's the Holy Spirit. Um, in Jesus name and for Jean's bipolar child, which is definitely, I'm sure, a, a form of suffering for her and for her child in Jesus name. We know that God, you are give us a sound mind in your word. You say you give a sound mind. I pray against any demon that is trying to, to to tell that child something or the voices or anything like that, we know that's from the devil. And I just call it out in Jesus' name. And we pray, Lord, we pray that the chains are broken and this child will be totally healed in Jesus' name. And for Shifra, we pray for, um, thank you for that prayer request for Judah and his mother and Isaiah and his mother, be delivered in the mighty name of Jesus and be healthy and healed and whole. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Hamrati says, pray for strengthening in the faith. Tex says, pray for our bad economy in the Philippines. Nikki says, pray for me to know the Bible more. And for my 90-year-old mom, Eileen, in a nursing home. Jen says, pray for my peace of mind. Well, these are very good prayer requests here. Father God, we thank you for all of these people. We, we lift up Hamrati to you. Tex, Nikki, his mom Eileen, praise God, she's 90 years old, and Jen. God, we thank you for all of these people. We pray. I'm gonna pray actually all four prayers for all of them. So I pray that you give you strengthen the faith for all of them. I pray all four of them have peace of mind. I pray all four of these people and Eileen the fifth to know the Bible more. Okay. I pray all of them have long lives. And as far as the bad economy, yes, we we certainly pray for the economies to do well of the world. But I would remind you guys that we don't participate in the world's economy. That's right. We participate in God's economy, and you know, though a thousand may fall at our left and ten thousand at our right, that doesn't mean that we have to live like that. God gives us; He gives us rivers in the desert. He gives us manna uh, when there's no other food. You know, God is our provision, not the economy. So, yes, Father God, we pray for a strong economy. We we pray against hunger. We pray against need and lack. The Bible says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not lack." And so, we pray against that. But, God, we also pray for the specific economic prosperity of all of these people in Jesus' name. Amen. Want to just finish those off?
1: Sure. Yvette says, pray for my marriage. There we go. A marriage prayer. Samina says, pray for my family. Aju says, pray for my sister. Lucy asks for financial breakthrough and a job. And Sherry uh, gave us just some very descriptive things about the persecution of Christians that is going on in Pakistan. And I would add to that a lot of other areas of the world.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Yvette, we pray for you. We pray for that marriage to be restored. We pray, we pray that God gives you the strength, hold you up, hold your husband up. God, put this marriage back together, Lord. And not just like I always say, not just back to normal. I always pray for better than before, Lord. I pray for a res- restoration, Lord. I pray for that spirit to take over—a spirit of forgiveness, love, humility, understanding, communication, a foundation built on the Lord. For Amina, we pray for her family. We pray the same prayer. We pray for a spirit of unity, God. God, the enemy. I I think that the enemy, the two things that the enemy is is trying to really uh, wreck this world with. But God, you have the victory. Is a spirit of anxiety mm. and a spirit of disunity. Oh, wow. We see disunity in our churches. we see disunity in our families. we see disunity in our communities around this world and we see it marked by a spirit of anxiety where people can't even speak out and and create the unity. So and a spirit of disunity and anxiety within our own selves. So God I pray against that and I pray for your power love and a sound mind to take over this world. I pray for Lucy and her financial breakthrough, God. Give her what she's requesting, God. God, you are the provider. You own a cattle on a thousand hills. Come down in power, Lord, on her and her job. Give her purpose and power and peace. For Aju, her, his sister, Lord, we pray for that sister, for her healing, for her mental, emotional state of mind, for her purpose, for just a whole restoration process. And for uh, sh- as Sherry has requested, we pray for the persecution of Christians in Pakistan and all of this world, Lord. We pray for for people. I pray for the people who are persecuting that there would be so many modern day Pauls. There would be so many people that are persecuting, involved in the persecution of Christians that just do a 180 and become the greatest leaders of revival this world has ever seen. God, release the prisoners and quite literally and figuratively. And God, we pray, we pray that any, any judgments and anything that is, uh, quote-unquote, set in stone would be reversed, and people would go on to proclaim the glory of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Great job, love. Thank you. Would you please lead everybody in the call to salvation?
1: Absolutely. So if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, we first of all, thanks for joining us. Oh, I love this guy. He is so fun.
0: <laughs> Go ahead.
1: And, um, and we would love, love to lead you in the call to salvation. We would love to lead you in accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Just follow after me. Dear Jesus, I admit that I have sinned. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. Send us a message, or you can definitely uh, leave a comment
0: on here. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, listen, thanks for joining us. I pray for each of you. I pray that you all, uh, for those who, who do you think that God has put on your heart to be married, I pray you all get a partner just like this. I
1: pray.
0: And um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for letting us be part of your lives. Uh, we certainly hope that these messages and prayers are helpful to you. We will see you again on Friday at 7.30. And listen, that's going to be a recorded message too. We got some scheduling issues coming up. So we're actually going to record our message tomorrow, which will be Thursday. Okay. So if you have any prayer requests, get them in now and uh, we'll deal with those on Friday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, be blessed and be a blessing. Bye. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to follow Jordan and Kristen Ministries on Facebook, YouTube, and iTunes. And remember to tune in next week and every week on Tuesdays at 8:45 on WMCA The Mission AM 570 and FM 102.3. Amazing.